All right, college baseball fans, welcome to the week five midweek recap episode of the 11.7 podcast, your number one college baseball podcast. And right now, look, looks like we're sitting at like the number 20 overall baseball podcast in general. So really picked up some steam this year, all thanks to you guys. Uh, we have a fun show. Packed. I mean, it is loaded with a lot of midweek upsets, a lot of talking points we want to you know discuss about. And uh, of course, we have some pimp job home runs that we're definitely going to break down here. Um, but we're here today, me and Dimitri, we're going to sit here and talk about, man, multiple different things like Florida State beating Florida. Louisiana Monroe looks like the best team in the country right now after back-to-back wins over Ole Miss and Oklahoma State. And Louisiana have, Tech would like to have a word. Yeah, Louisiana Tech right there down the road. They just beat Arkansas and Ole Miss in back-to-back games. Um, but just a ton of upsets uh, with the mid-major programs, which we kind of expected not going to lie the week before sec conference play starts and you know right at the beginning of conference play for some of these other big power five teams these these midweek games for the mid-majors out there they're the super bowl and they're throwing their best arms taking this like this is the number one game of the season that they've had circled on the calendar so we kind of expected a little bit of this and it's cool to see it i'm gonna i'm gonna add something to that dude I, I think it's time to change the narrative, not necessarily completely, but the whole mid-majors, the Super Bowl, SC, big teams don't care. What the guy from Tennessee did yesterday showed me the complete opposite. Tennessee was playing his little brother, East Tennessee State, and he celebrated that home run, the walk-off, like they just won the World Series. So I think it's time to change the narrative that – it's not just a win-win for the mid, those the small school because you don't celebrate, don't celebrate like that if for a game you don't care about. Well, I mean, okay. I'm I'm not saying a walk-off home run against anybody's exciting and you know whatever is lit, but I'm hey. actually going to disagree with you, Dimitri, because of course you know we see these big teams celebrating, but that was a walk-off bomb, absolute pimp job, and of course your guys are going to get hyped over that. But what I saw with the mid-major teams celebrating like. Uh, 13 to six wins and 13 to one wins. Like it's their Super Bowl, And then seeing these power five teams just pack up their stuff and leave. Like they don't really care. I still think it is part of the narrative that the mid-major teams are out there wanting it. But, but what I'm back. saying is, no, I, I, I agree. I'm never, I'll never, it means more to the mid-major. I mean, we were time. a part of it, Dimitri. Like when we were at Mercer and we beat Georgia or Georgia Tech. I'm, t- in the mid-major. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about the mid-major aspect. It always means more to the mid-major. It always means more to the mid-major. But what I'm saying is, um, the the team. The, <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> no, I I was I was just to think about how I wanted to say it. But these, te- like, they know. Everybody knows that big schools play it off like, oh, we lost to them. We weren't trying. That's what Georgia does every year in football in the bowl game. They just say, oh, we weren't trying when they get smacked or whatever. <laughs> but in baseball, like midweek is one of your 56 games. It, it, it matters. I'm not saying how much it matters, but when you're pimping the shit out of a home run like that, where you take your shin guard off, your elbow guard off on a walk-off, it's sick to hit a walk-off. But yeah. it's East Tennessee State. You're supposed to be smacking them. You're not supposed to be tied in the ninth inning against them when you're this good of a team like Tennessee is this year. So you get what I'm saying, though? Yeah, I like, get what you're saying. Like, like keep that same energy when East Tennessee State is celebrating a big win over you. Like, don't say, oh, we didn't care. Yeah, because, I mean, they obviously care. And plus, you know, we went 10, 12 months without college baseball. So I'm sure these kids are just pumped to be back on the field and playing. But going back to that home run, because it did kind of go viral. Actually, it legitimately did go viral. 
Uh, Tennessee hits that walk-off through run bomb. Guy takes his shin guard off, tosses it to the side, and then runs the bases. How much of that was dictated by social media over the last two weeks with college baseball, with kind of the uh, the arms raced of who can pimp the home run the best? You, that guy had to have been watching some of these moments go viral and said, I want a little bit of that pie. Uh, give me a slice of that social media attention. So I thought about this last night. I thought about it was like, that guy, no way. I mean, he might have said, dude, I'm going to try to take my shin guard off one time. But as soon as he hit it, he didn't think, oh, dude, let me take my shin guard off. Let me take my elbow guard. It, his body, his mind and his body were not working together. It was out of his control. It was so instinctive because he hit it. He looked, he threw the bat and just went straight. It wasn't no hesitation. It was so smooth that he did not think about, think twice about what he was there, doing. There's two options. Either, either he was thinking about it in the on-deck circle saying, you know what, if I get a fastball in or throw the plate, I'm doing it no matter what. Or it was just one of those, he's so locked in in the zone, it just happened, and he's probably like, oh, wow, that was cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think he thought about it like it was an idea. He was like, dude, how crazy. Like, talking with his team, he was like, how crazy would that be, dude, if, like, somebody took their shin guard off before the ball landed? <laughs> one of those, but like, I, you won't do it moments. You won't. <laughs> you Yeah, like, you won't. Like, yeah, yeah. But I think, I don't think he was thinking about it. I think that was just like an unconscious instinctive just thing he did and then after it all happened when he like you know came back to life came back to normal he was like holy shit i really did that yeah and dude i can tell you just based off like personal experience um i mean i hit a good amount of home runs in my career i'm not gonna say a ton but the only home run i ever pimped was on complete accident i was in the zone and like i was it was my first college at bat hit an opposite field bomb against belmont and uh it was my freshman year and dude, my teammates were like, oh my God, dude, you just pimped the shit out of that. And I was like, did I? And they're like, dude, yeah, you tossed the bat up in the air and like walked out of the box. I was like, no way. I saw the film and I was like, dang, I didn't even realize I did that. So yeah. like, I, it, there's a chance it could have been natural to him because I've been in that moment before where you're so locked in, so laser focused. It's just like almost like a dream almost. So I'm not trying to open up the yearbook here, but I hit a like go ahead grand slam in uh, the state playoffs in high school. And I did one of those I stared at the other team's dugout. They were on the first baseline. Of course. And I did one of those like super subtle just flips. Yeah. And as I was running around the base, I was like, holy shit. Like, I did not just do that. Because, (laughs) but like when you hit a home run, it feels so good. You don't even feel it. Yeah. You don't even think about anything. You just do whatever your body does. And you're just like, oh my God, I just did that. Like, my bad. Like, I don't don't know what I was doing. Like, you have no control. How great of a time are we living in right now where college baseball is getting exposure on social media every day, multiple times a day from like just celebrations, uh, pimped homers, just uh, you can even take it to the pitching and defensive side of things with, you know, teams celebrating a big strikeout or a diving catch. Like these moments are finally starting to pick up some steam on social media. And dude, it's been great. I think it's really growing the game and it is definitely a step in the right direction. Dude, no, it's absolutely been some of the most fun I've seen college baseball players having and fans and just yeah, people and watching i think it's been all around the most excitement i've seen because i mean even in 2015 when we were playing opening day was exciting yeah. but the amount of dude you're seeing big play big home run big everything from all the team not just whatever you see on sec network now let me ask you this because this is actually a question i got from a from a dm yesterday Someone brought up the point that they said that college baseball is actually growing more now 
thanks to social media because they're not letting as many fans into the game. And I started thinking about that. You know, more fans are sitting at home watching the games on live stream or watching it through social media. And they have time to tweet about things or like retweet something, share a post on Facebook, whatever it is, uh, instead of being at the game. Because, I mean, I'm sure you've done it too. Like you sit at a game, you're like, let's say you're sitting at a Braves game. Like you're not really on social media. You're watching the game. You're enjoying the time there. But when you're like tweeting about a game or if you're sitting back watching a live stream and you're like, oh man, that was a cool moment. Let me go share this tweet. It gets way more interaction than if you were just to ignore social media as a whole. So maybe it is a blessing in disguise that college baseball isn't allowing as many fans in the stadium because more people are sitting at home watching it and sharing it on social media, which is growing more and more fans um, who are just going to be sitting on social media anyways. So I think was- I, I think I agree 100%, but at the same time, I think it's just a natural evolution with social media. And it could general. be, yeah, that could be a good Pitching point. ninjas and Jerry Carabas and like just the evolution of how fast you can pull a clip off a live stream and go straight to social media before. Well, yeah, we, like right when you saw it live, like it's an instant replay and it's already on Twitter, which yeah. is like, I think it's so cool because like you could follow a game on Twitter and feel like you know everything that's going on without even watching it or being there. Oh yeah, and sometimes it's like actually much easier and like cooler to watch the the tweet updates because you you get an idea. It's kind of like reading Spark Notes back like whenever we were in high school. Yeah, you're just, you you see all the cool stuff. You get to see all the cool stuff. You don't get bored. You don't forget about anything. And um, you know, I prefer it sometimes. Like if I'm following, like yesterday, I did it with Louisiana Tech and uh, Ole Miss. I didn't watch a single inning of that game. I just watched, followed it on Twitter. Louisiana Tech and Ole Miss were doing a good job of tweeting out videos and like giving us updates. Your stream was terrible, though, dude. That quality was awful. Couldn't do it, man. Couldn't do it. But um, anyways, that that brings us up to talk about Louisiana Tech. And we talked about it a little bit with Kyle Peterson, and we talked about it on Sunday's show. Man, that's a baseball baseball school. I know Louisiana Tech has had a history with football and basketball pretty good. But as far as, like, the support they're getting from their fans uh, in that beautiful new stadium, plus now they're having a lot of success, that looks like a mid-major program that's going to excel baseball-wise for the next uh, – forever, really. Maybe the next 20 years, as long as that coaching staff – As long there. as Lane Burroughs is there. Yeah. I'm a Lane Burroughs guy. He – he whatever I – don't, I don't know what the secret formula – whatever he's doing down there, but he's got those guys playing loose. Oh, they're yeah. like, like, they're loose. Like, they're, they're just playing like they're the big boys. Yeah. Like, and you, I felt like watching a little bit of Ole Miss game or even the Arkansas game. You felt like Louisiana Tech was the team to beat. They looked like they belong. Yeah. Like you know they, what I mean? They, right. they almost felt like Arkansas was there as the underdog. And they fought, they won two amazing games. But, it, yeah, it almost felt like Louisiana Tech was the, the big dog. They were the favorite. Right. The way they and, were playing. And that they're going to be trouble in the Conference USA this year because they are – I mean, they have three great weekend starters. They got a lot of energy coming off the bench. Um I'm a believer in Louisiana Tech. That is not someone you're going to want to see as a three seed and a regional, possibly even two seed. That's going to be trouble for a regional as well. So um, between them and Louisiana Monroe, just down the street from Ruston, um, I assume so. I'm not very good at how geography. far. How far? Yeah, I was about to ask you where is Louisiana Monroe? It's in Monroe. Monroe and and where is Monroe? Uh, it's in Louisiana. No, dude. Like like okay. I I have a hard time visualizing. So Louis the or New Orleans is way in the bottom, like almost way in the bottom. like almost Mississippi, right? Right. Okay. And then where is Baton Rouge? Like in the center? 
so Baton Rouge is an hour north of New Orleans. Oh, so it's south too. Okay, so Ruston and Monroe are literally separated by maybe 30 miles. They're both on I-20. Um, and it's and, oh okay, I know the highway 20. Okay. Yeah. Um, so they're so they're like middle of the state. No, they're north, very north. Oh, oh, 20 hit the top of Louisiana. Yeah. Uh yeah, very top of Louisiana. Okay, I, I I know what you're saying now because you can you take 20 through Starkville. I'm sure. No, I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. You take 20 from Atlanta. Well, yeah, 20 basically goes from Augusta. It goes Atlanta, Dallas, all the way through whatever so, state. So, and it goes through Starkville. I'm pretty sure. So I guess I guess the northern tip of Louisiana. Okay, cool. So I never could remember where everything was in Louisiana. Right. So Louisiana Tech and Monroe play actually against each other one more time this year. Louisiana Tech smacked them around 10 to three back in March or early March. Um, but both of those teams right now, two top five wins for both teams, or maybe not top five, Oklahoma State was like 14th, but um, still two very, very good wins, back-to-back games, once on Sunday, once on Tuesday. And it got no. to the point where Ole Miss actually canceled today's game or Wednesday's game from Louisiana well, Tech. Let's talk about that. Yeah, for, for tell COVID me, tell issues. Me, before I say anything, tell me what you think. Do you, I, know, I, you, I, know, you it, know exactly what happened, right? Right. I mean, they, they had COVID issues. That's what they said. And they, they kept Tuesday's game on, but moved, or canceled Wednesdays. How I mean, did, how, bro, how did that make any damn sense? It doesn't. It doesn't make sense. I mean, I see a bunch of like bad storms. Like there's tornadoes going on right now over there. They say that. Uh, they should have said that. <laughs> I mean, that's they should have said it. I think they knew right whenever they were like, uh-oh, wait, we're postponing Wednesday's game for COVID protocols, but we're going to go ahead and play tonight. Yeah, right. Uh, let me let's, let So according to that logic... We have a COVID issue, quote unquote COVID issue. We're going to play tonight. We're going to go on a schedule and then we're going to figure out who has COVID after the game while, after, while everybody was all together for 24 hours or whatever it is. And then, you know what? Yeah, we need we need to take Wednesday off so we can figure out who it is. Yeah. But let's, let's do everything first before because. I'll tell you what it was, Dimitri. Ole Miss said, you know what? We're starting SEC play this week. Louisiana Tech is hot. Yeah, Louisiana Tech's hot. We're going to get embarrassed one of these two games. Let's just cut it short. Let's save our best arms for Auburn this weekend. That's what happened. I wish they would have just came out and said it. Like, hey, we don't actually want to play two games. There's bad really, And SEC play starts up this new. I really want to call Ole Miss the P word on, on air, but I won't say it because, you know, that's, that word, I, I feel weird when I say that word sometimes, but I won't say it. Um, okay, but that's, th- that's exactly that's ex- <laughs> <laughs> it only took you like 50 episodes to filter yourself all right cool <laughs> wait what i said it only took you about 50 episodes to filter yourself but that's good no but but no ben i'm i'm pretty pretty good i mean dude come on some there's worse words to say but anyway that's what they're i don't like. know man there might not be very many words worse to say than that <laughs> I, i'm not gonna say it but anyway that's what old miss is acting like dude I mean, it's not the players, though. It's not the players. The no, players want to the play. They want to play. I will never say a word about the players. The players want to play every game, and the they fans want to be there about too. The political, they don't. I don't. They don't give a shit about all the politics or the administration or whatever the case is. But to the Ole Miss administration, you scheduled that game. Play the damn game. Yeah, it kind of like, it kind of like, goes back to uh, who was it? Stetson's coach. That tweeted no, about South Florida. South, South Florida's Florida. coach said it to about Florida State. Like, hey, you said you're going to schedule a game. Let's not get scared. You know, stay to your commitment. But I, I cannot be hypocritical here because Florida State. So we're in the same situation here. 
But I don't care about all that. Ole Miss literally said, we're canceling Wednesday's game, but we're going to play Tuesday's game. So the information is there. There's no assuming to be done. Yeah. We can call them out for the BS that they just pulled off. Florida State said COVID, and they didn't play at all. So there was no – we couldn't make yeah. assumption. We couldn't – like, even if it's true or not true, we couldn't make that assumption that there was more to it. It was yeah. Tuesday. They didn't play on Monday, and they didn't play on Wednesday. So yeah. it was like well, – Well, I'll tell you what. The, the, the oldest rule I know in the game of sport in general, just any sport, is ball don't lie. And the ball did not lie, and Louisiana Tech spanked him 13-1 to 1 yesterday. And it was brutal. It was, a, it was embarrassing for Ole Miss. And, I mean, hey, they, they get what they get. But whatever. Now they avoided a, a second loss, and you tweeted out that funny picture that COVID got the save today for Ole Miss, and that was hilarious. Um, <laughs> I mean, dude, dude, dude I, if, if it was such a petty thing, but I didn't want to make it obvious. I wanted to make people to actually click on the picture, and then that thing show up, and you're like, <laughs> that's really funny. Like yeah. I was not expecting that, but uh, Louisiana tech person tweeted like, yo, yo, don't hate on the dog. My family is from there. My grandpa. Oh, that's my I, boy. Will Callens though. Oh, because yeah. I was like, dude, I think you're seeing this from the wrong angle. Cause nah. we are not hating on Louisiana tech. No, no, no. He's a good dude, man. He's really good. So, dude. so he knew where the joke went or he, I think he missed the joke, dude. He might've missed the joke. He might not have clicked the picture, but he's a good dude. He, I mean, he is a, a Louisiana tech fan. No, but. but what I'm saying is he, he missed the joke. Cause mm-hmm. I was like, yo, you're coming from the wrong angle. Cause we're, we're ain't not all Miss here. <laughs> it brings us back to the 2019 days where we, you know, expelled Ole Miss from the playoff or from the ranking system. Now we're not going to go that far this year. Cause I do think Ole Miss is probably a, uh, it, maybe not top five talented team, but definitely top ten. Um, but I don't, yeah, I don't think it's. I don't think you can hit the panic button yet. No, this is one freaking game. It's one, one game, one midweek game. But anyways, there was a lot of other things, man, that happened this week uh, as far as the midweeks go. One of the things that st- uh, stuck out to me in a game that I watched pretty much every pitch of was Florida State just embarrassing Florida midweek. And you can say what you want about Florida not pitching their best arms. That that is a rivalry game that. That uh, arm, hey, that arm they threw was pretty good. By the way, I just wanted to clarify. Oh, that. I mean, Florida doesn't have any bad arms. There's no, zero but, bad but they arms. they ran out a guy and they tried to. Okay, the way I look at it, if he's out in after like two inning, that means they just you know they just he was just a entry guy. He was oh, they tried opener. to extend him for sure. And so that means that he was a guy they were depending on to win a ball game. He was a good. He's not. He they have plenty of other guys they could have thrown out there just to eat up inning yeah but i mean let's talk about how florida state uh i mean it was at home so obviously you know they were fired up they were they raked yeah i mean they looked like they were seeing beach balls up there it didn't matter who florida threw they were they were definitely hot with the sticks and uh florida made a couple bad errors too uh, or at least one that i can remember that kind of opened the floodgates but kind of showed me a lot about florida state i was kind of worried about them after the first couple acc weekends but man i, I like them a lot i think they're going to take care of business um against miami this weekend but Dude, it's all virginia that virginia tech players fall he poked the damn bear he did when he said half-ass you on, on ready Instagram. for half-ass you this weekend like uh-uh. dude you don't think the florida state players saw that and said uh-uh Guess what? You went to Virginia Tech. You wish you would have came to Florida State. You, you weren't good enough to get recruited here, buddy. And I'm telling you, sometimes that's all it takes for a team to get a light of fire up their ass, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden they start rolling. Right. And so, as a as a, as a seek, not secret, but as a Miami fan, 
I'm like, damn it, dude. Like, not yet. Could, could you have just saved that for like next week? So let, let us be Florida State first. <laughs> like, come on, bro. Come on. You got to be better than that. But uh, I mean, Florida State, if they keep this up, they'll definitely be back in our top 25 pretty easily. Now, uh, what were you going to say? I was going to add on to Florida State pitcher, uh, pitcher Montgomery. Dude, Ben, let me tell you, I don't know if you know who that guy is. He was a top prospect coming out of high school last year. And he turned down the draft to go to Florida State. And so that guy is like a freshman, but he should be in pro ball right now. Yeah. And if the draft was any bigger, he would he'd be gone right now. But anyway, he was good, dude. I mean, he only threw four and two third innings, you know, gave up like two or three runs, but he had nine strikeout, threw 80, 90 pitches. And I think I tweeted it, I thumbed about it for you guys that saw, but I like when programs throw their freshman arm, guys that they expect to be weekend starters their sophomore, junior, senior year, whatever, expect them to be a dupe of freshman year. Put him in the midweek. Let him beat all the, let him pitch all the rivalry games. Let him battle those games because when you beat those, they mean they matter, those rivalry games in the midweek. Um, so I think it builds character. It builds really good experience for that guy to start those midweek games. And then he'll be ready for the weekend series year two, year three, and year four. Possibly even this year. I mean, he looked like a weekend arm yesterday. If you yeah, can shut but- down Florida like that, four and two thirds, two runs. I mean, that's going to translate well whenever you're playing against ACC schools like Duke or, um, you know, NC State. Things. But, but you get with my point, though. Oh, I, no, I got your point. Coaches, like in Mercer, even in Mercer, my freshman year, I was a weekday starter. I mean, opening weekend, we had a four-game series. I started the fourth game, just whatever. But I was the midweek starter. I loved starting against the Georgia Tech and the Georgia Southern and stuff like that. Because it gives like, you time to like prepare rather than coming out of the bullpen and like throwing an inning and just on short notice, like, Hey man, you got the next hitter. Let's go. But, but if you're grooming him as a starter, yeah. it's good to put them in those situations rather than just him being some wrong, long relief guy on the weekend, whatever, give him a role and let him get master it. Let him get good at it over 12 weeks of the season. I, I think it's awesome because and coming out of high school, all your friends go to the midweek game or you go to all the in-state school. And I got to face them all because on the weekend, you don't get to play them. Mm-hmm. No, so I think it's awesome when you let those freshmen face each other in the midweeks. No, I agree. And, and obviously both teams, Florida and Florida state both have super talented freshmen and like they have, I mean, that's how they keep reloading their program every year is they, they get these freshmen crucial innings, uh, their freshman year, maybe their sophomore year as well. And then when they're juniors and top five round draft picks, they, they're just like, hey, man, you go get Friday night. This is all yours. Uh, you're ready for this moment now. But uh, Montgomery, man, he's going to be a, a weekend starter by the end of the year. I, I can almost guarantee it. Uh, but anyways, let's go ahead and talk about a couple other upsets that we saw. I mean, I guess you can call Oklahoma beating Arkansas an upset, even though, I mean, I think Oklahoma's no – I mean, they're better they're than a slouch. They're not a slouch. And your boy, the closer, uh, I forget his name, but guys, Jason Ruffcorn. Yeah, Jason Ruffcorn is a psychopath and not, like a good psychopath. Just, like, yeah, he had that little freaky look about him. Like, yeah, he's a he dog. Had the goggles on. He had the goggles on. He ha- kind of looked a little awkward ish. Like, here comes 98 Bayou. <laughs> Bayou. <laughs> We'd love to see that. But, but Arkansas, man, back to back losses after starting the year. What was it 12 and 0? Something like that. Did you see how many pitchers Dave Van Horn ran out there? Yeah, like 11, something like that. I mean, I, I, I was like, dude, he's holding a damn truck because, dude, their pitching is struggling a little bit outside of their like 
top three guys in um, Jackson Wigan, they're kind of struggling finding the next couple guys to call on to. You know what yeah. I mean? So it I was think like he, basically I think open, he literally I think open he was really holding a tryout. Yeah. And we like to call it the tree out. From, the tree outs. Come to come to the tree outs. <laughs> um yeah. I, he was like, dude, three guys today. Show me what you got. Earn a spot. Like somebody somebody do something. Yeah. Basically. And, and he uh, was like guys out there. They have, like, they have like six walks in the first two or three innings and Oklahoma just punished them for it. They took advantage yeah. of every single one of them. For sure. But uh, no, that so that I mean that I don't know if that tells me more about Arkansas or Oklahoma. There, I mean it's a midweek game. If this was a weekend series, I think it would go a different direction. But I think um, you take it with a grain of salt. I agree yeah, for sure. Yeah. Maybe a little wake up call for Arkansas, saying, "Hey, we're not unstoppable. You know, we're not that good. We need to focus up for conference play starting up." And I think they're playing about, like Alabama this weekend, so not a not an easy test by any means. No, no. But how about dude? I don't know if you saw that play from Eastern Kentucky. Short two outs in the ninth. Yeah, to, to upset Louisville, the play yeah. that literally was like 300 feet down the line, down the left field line. How did the guy? How the hell did that guy get there from shortstop? That's what I was just wondering. The real question is, how the hell did that not end up on Sports Center top 10 plays? Did, I don't know if it did or not. Did it? I don't think it did. Dude, I wish you know how in, in the big leagues on ESPN they do their little stat meter. They can show how fast the guy's running, yeah, his how distance, far? yeah, and how far and all that stuff, and like their catch, catch, catch percentage, or like you know how they do like percentage chance of the guy catching it i would love to see it on that play could he ran not exaggerating 200 feet i was gonna say 150 to 200 feet for that ball lays and out dove. and it was a fair ball too what it was gonna be a fair uh, ball. i think i think it was foul uh maybe foul but it i was think close. it was foul um definitely that that was a viral moment that was pretty cool for any like infielder out there like hey go get the ball until someone calls you he off dove. he dove with absolutely zero care for his body yeah. like almost like he didn't give a shit if he broke his leg or whatever he, he said, just dove <laughs> he said uh hey I, I play baseball at eastern kentucky this is my moment to shine like whatever we're about to beat louisville at their home field so that was cool and that was another upset where um louisville again i mean who knows with that team they go and dominate for two games, and then they slip up and lose one. Just they sweat Boston College. Yeah, Eastern. Like, see, this goes back to the whole big school don't give a shit about the midweeks against small school. But come on, dude! Like, not come Eastern on. Kentucky. Well, that is Eastern Kentucky's second ACC win of the year because they beat Georgia Tech earlier in the year. So maybe they're gonna do some damage in the Ohio Valley Conference. Uh, Who knows? I, I doubt it, but. Dude, come on, guys! Like, holy shit! Stop, stop doing this! Stop wake like playing three great game and then laying a goose egg and then playing two great game and then getting like it makes no sense. Stop doing it. <laughs> I have a funny story about Eastern Kentucky. So my freshman year, we were in the same conference together when I was at UT Martin, and we played UT Martin that year was nine and forty three. Like we were the third worst team in Division One baseball. So you would have been in our bottom ten. Would have definitely been in the bottom ten. And so we played Eastern Kentucky the last series of the, of the season. And both of us, neither team was going to make the conference tournament. So that weekend, uh, I want to say it was, it was rodeo weekend. Like Martin, Tennessee hosts this huge rodeo. And we like, like probably eight, eight or nine of our guys snuck out like eight or nine of their guys. And uh, we went to the rodeo, had a great time back and forth. And uh, next morning we showed up for BP on Sunday and like eight of their players aren't dressed out. And we're like, that's weird. And we like looked and it was the eight players that we took out. And uh, so we like walked up to him like, yo, what's going on? They're like, yeah, coach saw us come back after curfew. Like we're in pretty big trouble. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> oh, come on. It's Eastern Kentucky and UT Martin. Like let's have some fun. 
Jeez, Dude, man. last weekend of the year, what an asshole. <laughs> Neither team was even qualified for the conference tournament. What, what, what a, like, dude. Co- curfew on the last Sunday before the season. And Have some feel. Yeah. Like, what, a, but, what an asshole. Like, our coaches knew we were going out. I mean, we were literally, like, the coaching staff knew they were all getting fired. None of us were coming back for a second season. Like, it <laughs> yeah, was like it was she, a disaster. Like, a Mercer, a Mercer. They if like let's say if you started Friday night, they didn't give a shit if you yeah. went out Friday night. Like if you started if you weren't playing the next day, they didn't care. But your ass better be, been in the weight room at 8 a.m. Yeah. If you reeked of alcohol, they didn't care. As long as you were in that gym on time, yeah. They didn't care what you did. As long as you did, but like if you like if for me, example, every now and then I'd have my sunglasses on just to cover my eyes, like for the Sunday <laughs> day game at one o'clock. <laughs> Shay knows, dude. He has to know. But they just look the other way. <laughs> I put my sunglasses on. I go shag BP feeling like ass, dude. Like feel awful. Is that whenever but, you you would volunteer yourself to be on the bucket duty for BP? Just stand in one spot? No, dude. I went to right field corner far away from everything and just stood there. Because yeah. you know what? In right field, you didn't have to get the home run ball. Someone was already out there. So you didn't have to move. That's where I went every time. <laughs> right field line. And, um, but yeah, like. By three, because I knew I wasn't coming into the game till the seventh, eighth inning, so I had three hours to recover. So I would sit out in BP, try to sweat, run around, and just stand there, whatever, just try to sweat. And then, you know, we went back in. I would shower. I would get dressed. You know, drink some Gatorade, whatever. I'd go to the training room, get some nutrients or whatever. And then by the seventh, eighth inning, I felt brand new, felt perfect, ready to rock and roll, baby, right out of the box. But it was worth it because. You only get so many Saturday nights in college. And I tell college guys all the time, if you can't handle it, do not go out. But if you can handle it, go out. Yeah. Enjoy yourself. You're a college student for one time for four years. And so I, I, I it, mean, even for the guys like, listening. Yeah, it comes like the, the boundary between like, can you still like take it seriously, but still enjoy yourself? Because there's, there's we had teammates like at Mercer. Obviously, we were there at different times, but the same teammates that would take it so seriously that they would, you know, they're their uh, performance would just decrease. They, were Dude, so they would full- lock themselves in the room yeah. and they would go over 33 K to be so angry about and it. And it I'm just, just like, dude, it would just keep going downhill from there. Cause they would lock themselves in the room, go over three. And I would be like, dude, and loosen up, yeah. loosen. I was a senior and I was telling the freshman, so I was like, I'm not sitting here trying to, you know, tell you what to do, but you need to loosen up. Like yeah. you need to come out for a night. I'm not saying get pissed drunk. Yeah. Go enjoy a beer. Go enjoy talking to girls. Go with us. It doesn't Just matter. Get relaxed, man. I mean, it's forget a, about the game. It, it's important to them. And it's important to everybody. But at the same time, it's not like a job where like you have to perform or else you're gonna you know get fired. Like, of course, you could get cut. But at the same time, like you have to just like take it like it's a game. And baseball is a game, right? You you have yeah, to. Enjoy I think. It. I think. I think there's a fine line with what you just said there. Like, it's not a job, but you're still expected to. Right. Do your job. But yeah, dude, I tell people all the time in pro ball, if you cannot go out and play the next day, you're, you're not going to make it. The, 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 I worked for the Astros the summer of 2015 in the tunnels. Like I was uh, in the warehouse in the tunnels, like right next to the clubhouses and every single game you would see guys from the other team walking back to the bus. They would be double fist and Coors lights or like, you know, having whiskey Cokes, like just having a good time. Cause I mean, it's their job, but at the same time when the job's done, like, just relax, go home, like, enjoy your night, come back the next day, focus, but like, don't lock yourself up to the point of, you know, 
I have to do this or else I'm going to do, you know, just forget about all it. Just let it go. I will, hey, I will say to end on this note because we do need to move on, but I will say that some of my best performances ever are when I was so hungover the next day <laughs> because you focus so hard on, on what is going on with your body that you forget about failing. You forget about the fear of failing because you're so worried about just like, yeah. can I throw? Like, am I going to puke? Am I going to puke? Do I smell like, do I reek? Like you worry about all these other things. Did you forget about your nervous? You're not nervous. You're not scared of failing because you're so worried about, do I look drunk? Do I look hungover? Like, you know what I mean? You're worried about getting in trouble rather than failing. And you just go out there and you just, dude, I would, I would just go out there and I, I mean, for example, I threw five and two thirds, no hit innings against Belmont. And I came in like the sixth inning. We won in like 11 or 12 innings. I threw five plus innings of no hit relief. The night before, I was out until yeah. three o'clock at the crazy bull. Oh boy, not the crazy bull. <laughs> and the next day, I, you know, did my little recovery, but it was like, I didn't even think about anything. I didn't care if I struck him out or if I gave up a hit. I just wanted to not puke and not look yeah. hungover. And I dominated. And I'm you not can recommending even, it. I'm not recommending yeah. doing it, but you can even take alcohol out of the picture. Like obviously, like I had a ton of pinch hits in my college career. Like I was probably a top five pinch hitter in the country. Like I probably hit 600. All of my best pinch hit performances were was when like it was last second. Like Ben get a helmet, like go up there, no batting gloves, and you would just see the first pitch and freaking stroke it down the line. And you're just like, oh my god, I don't even remember doing it. Like it just happens so quick. Like you're so focused on yourself. Like there's nothing else in the world that matters. Like I just hope I don't get embarrassed up here. And, boom. and it makes you wonder, yeah. like, how how can I put this in a bottle and, and save, save this every time for every time? Yeah, like drink it right before I go hit. Where you, you're not scared of anything. You're not scared of failing. You're not scared of getting out. There's no you're expectations. Just, it's just like I, I got to make myself look decent here. I don't want to embarrass myself. Exactly. Like, yeah, I do. I I don't know, man. I think coaches need. I think most coaches that play the game, they get it. They they have the most feel in terms of what what to do and what not to do what to say what not to say because i think college kids need to live their life a little bit go out go do whatever you want i'm not saying if you're starting at one o'clock you're starting at one o'clock do not go be don't in the show, hospital at 3 a.m getting an <laughs> iv pumped into you but like go like, go do something go don't hang out walk. with your friends like you know don't just don't Take the game. Don't lock yourself in the room. Yeah. Don't take the previous game into like that night and think about it all night. And you have to do this. You have to do that. Just relax. It's uh, I mean, it's just a game at the end of the day and it's fun. And so anyways, moving on uh, a couple other upsets that kind of struck my attention. UNCG, another good win against an ACC opponent. They beat They beat Virginia Tech seven to two. Virginia Tech's kind of struggling right now. The home run hammer has not been out very lately. And hey, you want to. Uh, you want to hear something funny about Virginia Tech? I mean, uh, UNC Greensboro. Yeah. This goes back to the whole social media thing. And I think, I hope fans appreciate, like, we we, we kind of try to build a relationship with most of the guys. I'm not saying, like, super deep best friends, but just kind of like a familiarity. Like, hey, we are, we're with you guys. We're, we're just like you. Um, we think the same way. But a, a UNC Greensboro player tweeted after the game, um, looks like you guys forgot your uh, hammer in the clubhouse. And I responded on our 11.7 account. I was like, you won't add them. And then like five minutes later, I went, I got a notification that someone liked it. I went back and the kid deleted it. And I DM'd him like, dude, why'd you delete it? And he was like, coach, coach 
said to delete it. He's like, I'm not trying to run for it. And I was like, oh my God, that's so funny. Like probably the good idea. Yeah. And it's like, dude, let them talk. Like college football guys are freaking subtweeting and talking mad shit to each yeah. other. I think it would have been different if it was, um, Actually, I don't know. I mean, I, I see both points of view. I'm kind of torn on that. Like, obviously, let the kid say what he wants. But at the same time, like, you don't want to, like, fire anybody up or, you know, get anybody embarrassed. That kind then of I'm playing Virginia Tech again. I don't think – I mean, I can look right now. But, like, dude, he, that was such a harmless – hey, they forgot their hammer in the clubhouse. We beat them. Like, you guys didn't right. get to no, use no. it. I, listen, I see 100% what he's saying because he was probably sick and tired of seeing Virginia Tech hammer on social media. And, like, their players, like, kind of – I mean, obviously, there's a lot of enthusiasm dude, Virginia and Tech, Virginia Tech players, they rub me the wrong way. Yeah, uh, really I really do. I don't mind it, but I can see where it does rub people the wrong way. And it's like, hey, man, like you forgot your hammer. Like, what's up? <laughs> what's up, bro? <laughs> hey, hey, Virginia Tech does not play. Hey, UNC Greensboro and Virginia Tech don't play each other again this year. So, dude, I would have been like, leave it. You, you earned it. You earned the right to say whatever you want for 365 days until you play again. Yeah, it was harmless. It was harmless smack talk. But I, as, as a coach, you're probably just like, man, I don't want to get my players caught up in that because I mean, we are UNC no. Greensboro and they're Virginia Tech. They're ranked. We're not blah, blah, blah. But um, anyways. Good win uh, for them, though. Yeah, good for, good win for them. And then also Liberty has been rolling. The Flames look good. They beat uh, North Carolina on Tuesday night. Second time this year. Second time this year. The no, that's funny because Liberty might end up having more ACC wins than like teams like Duke. <laughs> they have two. Duke only has one. And I think Liberty actually plays a couple more ACC teams this season. Uh, they play not, a lot. Yeah, and Liberty is no joke. We saw them play against Campbell earlier this year. They look good. They look real good. So, Did uh, you um, – Liberty has won nine straight. They swept UCF – or they beat North Carolina, swept UCF, beat somebody – and then beat North Carolina, or they swept App State, and then beat North Carolina again. Those boys, if they can take care of business this weekend, they're going to skyrocket up the mid-major ranking. Oh yeah, we kind of we kind of forgot about them for a little bit. No, me. I mean they just they just they just didn't have that wow win yet. Now they have it. They have two of them. Yeah, but um, let's see. There was oh I know I was gonna say UNLV beat uh, beat a really good Arizona State team UNLV's was in our mid major rankings I don't know if they still are I'm I kind of forgot but um, that was a big win for them and then moving on to today Wednesday night we had oh, U- Ben I just had- remembered one more thing about the North Carolina their co- only school in the country is North Carolina where their pitching coach walks out to the mound in Carolina blue Jordan one yeah those things Choose probably cost people- five thousand dollars. Maybe not even five thousand, probably like three hundred bucks. But like for a, a normal pair, but like no other school in the country had their pitching coach walking out to the mound in Carolina blue, which is the Jordan. Like Carolina blue is like the big one. Mm-hmm. Jordan ones, like those are shoes that people leave in the shoe boxes, or they wear them one time and then they go home and get a Kleenex wipe and wipe the bottom of them and put them back in the box. Like that guy's walking out there on the mound with Jordan ones. I, I was like, that's so swaggy. Yeah, that's, that's like kind of fire. Okay, so going back to Liberty, they still have eight games left against um, ACC opponents. If they like just somehow go like seven and one, six and two, there's a really good chance Liberty ends up the season with more ACC wins than teams like Duke, <laughs> which would be incredible. I mean, they, they could go nine and two, nine and one, something like that. And you never know. That would be embarrassing. That would be really embarrassing for those ACC schools. But um, anyways, today UNCW beats East Carolina. Just slaughters them. 
Um, we, we always said East Carolina was the silent assassins. They got assassinated today, 10 to two. So a little humbling, um, humbling midweek game for East Wilmington's Carolina. like 14 and three or something on the year or, or 11 and three or something. They're winning ball game. And you, Wilmington's always the team that sneaks into regional, um, yeah. either as an automatic or at large, but like, I don't know, dude. I, I, I'm ready for, I'm ready to see East Carolina play some big, some big boy team. Yeah, and they will. They have a tough test in the American Conference. There's no doubt about it. But obviously, I think they're the most talented team in that conference. They should win it, unless like they get some injuries or maybe they're not as good as we thought. But just no, dude, they're good. They're, dude, they're they're good. I don't think yeah. it's a I don't think it's a big deal that they lost. But like, they're a baseball school. They, I mean, they, they I mean, who is their toughest test? I mean, okay, Tulane in Houston. Um, UCF is not who we thought they were. I mean, UCF is going to probably show up in the conference play and play really well. But, I mean, looking at the standings right now, it's East Carolina to lose, just like every other year. Yep. I mean, like every other year, you're right. They, uh, I would be shocked to say, like, if, if this was Vegas, I'd put them at, like, minus 1,500 odds to win the, uh, the American Conference. But, I mean, it's college baseball. You never know what kind of injuries you're going to get. And we're going to be definitely keeping up with that conference because we do consider it a power conference in college baseball. No mid-majors coming out of the American. Do you uh, think uh, – all right, let me ask you this. Do you think a team like Missouri, if you put Missouri in the American Athletic, do you think East Carolina is still the favorite? Missouri this year, yes. Missouri in the past, maybe not. Because, I, like, 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 okay, even if you put, like, an Auburn in there, I mean, I'm not saying Auburn's not good or anything, but, like, I feel like – it wouldn't just be a cakewalk conference championship every year for Auburn. But I think, I think your bottom level SEC and your upper level AAC can be comparatively similar. Mm, maybe. I no, mean, really, no, I mean, is that a bad take? I think that might be a bad take. I, in years past, yes. Like when Wichita State's rolling, when Tulane's doing well, Cincinnati. Houston, we've seen Houston host some regionals recently. Maybe UCF's the same way. Memphis, like they've had some good seasons in the past, but this year I think I would take a bottom level or SEC team, someone like Auburn, someone like Kentucky, to finish or one Alabama, or two, or even Alabama. Yeah, I, I mean, I think they win the American Conference, but um, I don't know. That's a, that's an interesting take. I, I'm going to say I disagree with it though. And uh, fair enough. I mean, I wasn't, um, I didn't, it's not like I sat here and pondered on it for an hour. I just kind of thought of it on the fly, but yeah, either way, um, pretty exciting midweek. Um, a lot of stuff going on right now. South Carolina is getting whooped by Davidson. We forgot to mention that it's like nine to three in the seventh inning right now. It's over. Did we over, did we overhype South Carolina? I'm starting to think we did because they are sure as hell never belonged to number four in the country. I think we were too excited to see South Carolina winning and kind of let emotion take over rather than educated analysis of them. Right. And damn it, South Carolina. Like you hand like, up, hand up. We we probably misread that situation. But I still think they're gonna be fine in the SEC. They might just be going through a slump. And we talked about it like one of the first episodes, how the best way to go about a, a college baseball season, get hot in the beginning, get cold in the middle, and then heat it back up once April and May roll around. It'd be fine. And Do you the, think South Carolina, 
a guaranteed lock to make a regional than at large? Yes. You think they're 500 in the SEC? I think the SEC gets at least 10 teams in this year. Okay. I, there, how many teams are in the SEC? 14. 14 total? It would be surprising to see five teams not get in. Okay. Okay. Missouri, out. Out. Al, dude, Alabama does this every year. They play cake. They play a cupcake preseason, and then they get humbled in, in SEC, and they don't make it. Off the top of my head, Missouri's out, Kentucky's out, and okay. then that leaves, all right, all right. That leaves two teams fighting to get out. Tennessee, Tennessee, Georgia, Alabama. I think Georgia's out, so that's three. And then between Tennessee, Texas, dude, and Auburn, Georgia and, thirteen and three, dude. Yeah, but I mean they're not. They're not they, the they same. They played cupcake. Team. They play. I mean. Evansville, Georgia State, Gardner Webb, Kennesaw, North Florida, and Lipscomb. They might as well play a freaking A Sun schedule. That's literally what they just played. <laughs> they're they're winning the A Sun right now. Congrats. So so those three teams I don't think will make it. And then you have Auburn, Texas A and M. Can uh, what was I going to say? Auburn, Texas A and M, and Alabama. Those three. I think two of those three get in. One of them won't. But besides that, ten teams. Wait, wait, wait. Say that again. Auburn, Missouri, Texas A and M, and Georgia. No, 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 no. All right, let's take it back a step. I don't think Missouri is getting in. I don't think Kentucky is getting in. I don't think that Georgia is getting in. Now, mm-hmm. I think I think that ten teams will get in. So between Texas A and M, Auburn, and Missouri and Georgia. No, no, no. Uh, now I'm confusing myself. Who? Oh, Alabama. Alabama, Auburn, and Texas A and M. I think two of those three will get in, and one of them is going to be left at home. So four teams will not make it. Ten will. How many teams made it in 2019 off the top of your head? Can you remember? I want to say nine. I think that was the year that they thought they were going to get 11. And like TCU stole a bid and somebody else from the West Coast. No, no. Florida, Florida got in when nobody thought they were going to get in. But if you were a college baseball fan or you knew college baseball, you knew Florida was getting in. So right. I, I think, damn, dude, 10 teams. There's so many. That's how many like, got in 2019? No, I'm saying I don't know. I'm looking it up right now. You go ahead and start talking about. Um, no, I mean, I mean, I mean, out of let's just say ten teams do make it. One, two, three, four, five, six, six of those. You have six guaranteed regional hosts. I wouldn't say guaranteed. Vanderbilt, guaranteed Vanderbilt, Florida, Arkansas, LSU, Mississippi State, Ole Miss. I think five. I think they get five regional hosts as of right now. Okay. Vanderbilt automatic lock for a regional host. Arkansas lock LSU. Okay. Maybe not LSU. Mississippi State and Ole Miss. So LSU. Hey, the the SEC got 10 teams in in 2019. Okay. So so sounds about right. With uh, one, two, three, four. Five, six regional hosts. Yep. See, six. How insane is that? Almost fifty percent of your conference is hosting a regional. Uh, but I mean, do you argue with it? I mean, we have five top no. five, or out of the top five, I think all five are SEC right now. No, no, no. I'm not arguing with it at all. I like seeing the SEC host because I love when the small schools go in there and win them. It means so much more. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, but, uh, oh, oh, I'll tell you what. 
a team that's kind of on the bubble for me of making the tournament as a lock is LSU right now. I don't know if they're going to cut it this year. They're going to make the. I think they're going to make the tournament. Are they going to host? We'll see. I don't think so, but they could turn it around. But anyways, um, that pretty much does it for this episode. We have a great episode coming out tomorrow, Thursday night. We have a special guest with Casey Dykes, who was one of our first guests on the podcast two years ago. He's now the AAA hitting coach for the Yankees. Spent a lot of time at Virginia Military, Western Kentucky, and then now Indiana. and then Indiana was his most recent job. One of the most likable guys in the sport of college baseball. Really set as like I mean he was always a volunteer assistant or like a uh, like a recruiting coordinator kind of guy. But he tells great stories. We've already done the interview. He do, he tells unbelievable stories about his time in college baseball, what his life is like in pro baseball, and uh, we're ben, go out. ahead and make the announcement. Yeah, I'm gonna let them. I'm gonna let them listen to the episode to see what the announcement is. But we do have a big announcement with him, and uh, he's the first two-time guest that we've ever had. And you know, awesome interview. You guys look for that coming out Thursday night. We do a weekend series pick him with him, and uh, he did a pretty good job because he did his research. So he he did his research, and I will say this too. He's probably he's our first two-time guest, but he's also probably our first guest who reached out and asked to be on the show, which was like. Damn, Ben, we're, we're, we made it. We made it. We got people asking us, can they come on the show? And I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, no, it was really cool. So um, we are much, a fun time. We're coming out with another episode uh, tomorrow, and it's going to be our weekend preview, weekend five preview. A lot of conference play starting up, and then we're going to have that um, interview with Casey Dykes. It's probably one of our best interviews we've ever had. So you guys look forward to that. Stay in contact. Subscribe to the podcast if you like it. Follow us on social media. We're not done. We're just getting started.